Okay. Good evening. Today is November 8th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapters are stories and prefaces, and our speaker tonight is Judith S.P. Thank you, Judith. Hi, Meredith. Thank you for sharing, Lisa, for timing, and Meredith for inviting me. I feel like um, I was in, I'm in a, a beautiful hot air balloon, and I and it just landed. And I'm not exactly sure where I am, what I'm doing, but I'm here in the fourth dimension. I love that. That was my welcome home. Uh, wow, this is wonderful. Okay, so anyway, again, I'm Judith S.P. from Maryland, Eastern Time, uh, gratefully recovered for today. Thank you, God. Um, and just a little spoiler alert, I will be sharing on acceptance, acceptance was the answer. And uh, I'll give a little bit of qualifying about where I was, how I've come to where I am today. Um, when I, I and I, I, I'm going to move back and forth between my qualifying and acceptance was the answer because I feel like um, I know Paul O, who wrote that story, lived before I did. But if he hadn't, if I could as eloquently write what he wrote, that would a lot of that would be me. So um, the beauty of acceptance for me um, is that it's unconditionally an opportunity for me to come into myself. And uh, I don't know if I was a compulsive, I don't think I was a compulsive overeater out of the womb and in my formative cute young years. Um, but when I started getting wind of people, places, and things, and comparisons, and differences, um, my family to other families, although I had an older brother, um, he was six and a half years older, so I pretty much grew up an only child with very little uh, connection to my parents. And my grandmother came to live with us when I was seven. And that might be when, or shortly after that, that I started going to the food. Because my roommate, uh, until I was 16 and left for college, was old age. And that's not to judge her. She was old compared to me, for sure. Um, had lots of limitations. Um, but food has always been my go-to. Um, all types of candy, chips, anything really. Um, I just love to eat. I still do, but now I have parameters around it. And uh, also know that God has created food for me to eat, but I don't have to go hog wild. So I spent a lot of time over the years in my life always focused on food. Even if I was with you, uh, I was thinking about when I could go home and have some food, um, a lot of food, mostly candy and, and junk food. Um, 
it, it really impacted terrifically uh, my being able to see clearly um, and be part of life. I always felt shamed. When I came into the rooms, um, I felt a little bit of welcoming because I have been, thank you God, it's been lifted, a night eater. Um, I would, you know, eat, graze, eat after I eat, but the, the killer for me was having finally gotten to sleep and got and getting up and then finding my way to the kitchen, whichever refrigerator or cabinet I would go to, and then go back to sleep and get up in the morning and already start my day behind the eight ball. I felt horrible, either the bed was messy uh, with crumbs or wrappers, and if not, then I sure as heck felt the shame of it. And so I always felt, not only was I different, but I was really kind of disgusting. And that impacted me on top of feeling stupid and everybody's family was better than mine and all that comparison stuff. Um, I couldn't find myself uh, after college, I went out to California. I'm a native East Coaster. My brother was out there and I lived the hippie life for a while. Came back and had a psychotic break and was hospitalized in a phenomenal facility in Maryland. And that's where I am, it no longer exists. But I was there for a year and a half. And then progressively, um, with the help of my psychiatrist and the wonderful community that uh, was around me, I was discharged. So, you know, an insane person, I got my walking papers that I was sane, but I really wasn't, I really wasn't. I have been angry most of my life, very negative. Um, is the glass half empty? Is it half full? Now I say, thank you God, I have a glass. But back then, it was always less than half. And uh, still catastrophize at times, but it's much less. Um, so over the years, I did this, that, and the other thing. I finally found a career, um, got married late in life, couldn't have children biologically. So we adopted, and it just ended up. They say there's no accidents in adoption. However, we did adopt four children, which was quite a bit in my early 40s. Um, and so anyway, uh, as my children got older, um, two of them started dabbling, or maybe even more than that, into drugs. And I Googled on the internet, my kids are into drugs, I don't know what to do. And a sister fellowship, um, another recovery program came up. I worked the steps through working with a sponsor. And uh, once I completed my work there, my relationships were a little bit better. There was an elephant in the room. And you know what? The elephant was me. And so when I peeled away the relationships and tried to understand them better, I realized I don't know who the heck I am, but I sure as heck don't like me. And that was for real. 
And somehow I found my way into the rooms of OA. I think it was in the air uh, and I caught it, you know. My mother might have mentioned it or tried it. I doubt it. She died of this disease. Um, But I came in the rooms in 2014, found a big book sponsor, worked the big book at a whiplash speed. And I don't remember anything about that other than the fact I know I did not sponsor and don't ask me to do any service because I'm too busy. And sponsor, I have a lot of responsibilities, excuse me. So um, that didn't go very well. The weight uh, from my top weight to where I am now, it is about 50 pounds, which is nothing to poo poo about, but I always felt fat. It didn't matter when I looked at pictures, if I was a good weight or right size or overweight, I always felt fat inside because I felt disgusting. So, um, and I haven't really used that word much before. It's interesting, it's coming up right now. Um, In 2021, I prayed to God in the winter because my behavior was still inappropriate. I would yell it on a dime. I would blame you. It was always my kid's fault. Uh, My husband doesn't know what he's talking about. And I I couldn't take it anymore. And uh, so God led me to a wonderful sponsor. Thank you, God. It was vision. It was the big book. I dove in. You know how you dive into a pool and then you come up? Well, I dove in. I I just loved it. I loved everything about it. This this book is marvelous. More than marvelous. Ten minutes. Thank you. So the long and short of my personal story is that I got recovered. The weight did what the weight, I don't know what it did. Um, And each day I work my buns off because I want to and I know I need to because I want to become more and more spiritually fit. This body is a temple. It takes me around this life just like my car does. I would never put oil in my car, in the gas tank. I would put it in the engine, but not in the gas tank. I don't want what I used to eat because this body is an amazing creation of God's. And I don't know how it works. All I know is that it's working better right now. So moving into acceptance was the answer. And if anybody knows, um, I think, I think I know about the big book that everything's in the past tense because they they wrote it based upon their history. Maybe that's the same, but here we are. Acceptance was the answer. However, for me, I would also add that acceptance is the answer. Every day I have to remember that. I'm not going to really talk much about the first few pages other than the fact that Paul did what I do. It was everybody else's fault. I blamed you. um, And I lived in denial. Paul blamed his wife. If it wasn't for his wife and her craziness, he would be okay. And how could he end up in a hospital when it was everybody else who was nuts? 
So this whole sense of being out of touch with reality um, for me and from what I read in the story um, was really his demise because you can't keep or I can't keep lying to myself and thinking the truth, uh, the truth shall set me free. It can't happen. It's impossible. Um, so I'm going to just read a few things that stood out to me. I did read this um, before coming here tonight a couple weeks ago. And on page 413, in the hospital, I hung on to the idea I'd had most of my life that if I could just control the external environment, the internal environment would then become comfortable. So it was always an outside job in, you know, if everybody would change, if I could look okay, if my surroundings look good, then I'm gonna be okay. Well, that did not work for me. It did not work for me. It didn't matter how many different things when I was 16 or 15 or 17, I used to iron my hair on an ironing board because I wanted to have straight hair because straight hair meant nice hair. Nice hair meant you look good and then you get what you need, which is boyfriends and attention. Um, but it's not an outside job. It has to come from inside. And that's what God has shown me through the 12 steps and the shares and the connection with the fellowship. Uh, on page 415, today there at the bottom, today there is absolutely nothing in the world more important to me than my keeping this alcoholic sober. Not taking a drink is by far the most important thing I do each day. When I get up every day and breathe God in and breathe God out, and do my practices to consciously connect. I know my plan of eating. I know it's clean. And I know that's what I'm going to do for three reasons. And I've mentioned this in a number of other different places. There are three reasons why I eat. One is nutritional. So all this phenomenal body and all the organs inside get what they need to continue to function. The second reason is it's medicinal. If I take and I eat healthy and good foods for Judith, not for anyone else, but for me, then I'm gonna have a good possibility, not to guarantee I won't get ill, but I'll do my part in preventing. So it's a preventative measure on a daily basis. And the third reason I eat, as I said at the beginning, is I love food and I like my food to taste good. I have a right to that. God wants me to enjoy life and that does include my food. So, but I have to be committed every day. And that's why for me, as I know for many, abstinence is the first, but definitely just the beginning. Um, okay, then on page, um, let's see. Well, now we get into acceptance. And I do want to say, it's just a, a little fact. Accept is said 11 times in the big book and 14 times in the 12 and 12 for a total of 25 times. So it does have relevance and importance 
in the big book and in Bill and Bob's uh, development of this book. And then it says on page 416, uh, the second full paragraph, it helped me a great deal to become convinced that alcoholism was a disease, not a moral issue that I had been drinking as a result of compulsion, even though I had not been aware of the compulsion at the time and that sobriety was not a matter of willpower. The people in AA had something that looked much better than what I had, but I was afraid to let go of what I had in order to try something new. There was a certain sense of security in the familiar. And I do know it's a disease. I don't blame myself. I don't blame anyone in my family for, for helping me learn that food, food is a soother and a comforter. You know, I didn't know. What I don't know, I don't know. When I know, it's my responsibility, if I choose to be spiritually fit, to do better. Um, and, and for me, it took me a long time. It took me uh, uh, many, many years to be where I am today. Uh, over three centuries, uh, three centuries, uh, three quarters of a century. I don't want to <clears throat> exaggerate. Um, but I, I, I did like the familiar. It brought me comfort. I knew it. I knew it. When I yelled, instead of holding back and putting the socks uh, from my ears into my mouth. Three minutes. Thank you. That yelling was extremely familiar. So it took me a long time to realize I had to make a choice. What I was going to go into unknown territory that can only bring me something because what I was living was absolutely nothing. So I have very little time left. Uh, page 417. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. Nothing happens by mistake. I'm here because God brought me here through his wonderful angel, Meredith. I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I wanted to say yes. And on page four, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go to... Um, when I focus on what's good today, page 419, second paragraph, when I focus on what's good today, I have a good day. And when I focus on what's bad, I have a bad day. If I focus on a problem, the problem increases. If I focus on the answer, the answer increases. What that says to me is that I have to do my part. I have to take action. I can't wait for God to sprinkle little stardust on me and say, Judith, you're, you're great, and keep spreading the message. Here's the sprinkle, give it to the next person. Uh, the last thing on page 420, the inverse relationship. Perhaps the best thing of all for me is to remember that my serenity is inversely proportional to my expectation. The higher my expectation of other people are, the lower is my serenity. And I'll just end with, I hope I have time. Acceptance is the key to my relationship with God today. 
I never just sit and do nothing while waiting for him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever is in front of me to be done, and I leave the results up to him. However, it turns out that's God's will for me. I must keep my magic magnifying mind on my acceptance and off my expectations, for my serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. When I remember this, I can see I've never had it so good. Thank God for OA. And I will end with saying thank you, God, for OA, this fellowship, and the opportunity to be, be here with you all. And I pass. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much, Judith. I was looking at my big book, taking notes as you were sharing. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. And this is a big book study. Sharing in questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you are on the phone. I will call the raised hands in order and the Zoom host will ask you to unmute when it's your turn. With a timekeeper, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. And if the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Um, okay. Uh, Meredith B., you're up. Hey, everybody. Meredith B., um, recovered, recovering compulsive over here in Nashville, Tennessee. That was awesome, Judith. Um, thank you for being here. Um, I had all the same things underlined in my copy. There's so much gold in this story. Um, but you said there was like this theme running through a lot of what you said about um, comparison. You couldn't find yourself. I don't, I don't know who I am. Um, and that was my story too. And I've been thinking about this. Um, there was another another fellow shared on this section last night. And I've been thinking about this concept of um, just God uh, taking away all of the extraneous BS that we pile on ourselves to to mask our shame and our um, ugh, words, words. Um, yeah, just to, um, to fit in, like it's, uh, it's all an act. It's just phony baloney. Um, and that I feel like this program, I mean, I was just piling on mechanisms to, hope that I, somebody would accept me and love me. I didn't know what any of it meant. None of it was true to me. It was all just, you know, I was just a chameleon according to whoever was standing in front of me. Um, and I just love to think about this concept that my creator is letting me know that he created me uniquely, um, me, and that he's telling me it's okay to 
throw that, just drop all of that garbage. Um, and that this is the place where he shows up for me. Um, and I shared the other night how this is, I'm always, I'm always safe here. Um, it's like the practice ground for going out in the world. Like you proved to me that I can say who I am as I learn that I don't, you know, I'm only just learning it. And, um, you accept me no matter what, which is just, it's phenomenal. And then it gives me the confidence and, and I have the faith that it's going to be okay. It's not always pretty out there, but time, but it's okay. I'm going to be okay. So, all right. Thanks. I'll pass. Thanks, Meredith. Um, Leslie G. Europe. Hi, family. Leslie G. here. Judith, thank you so much. Um, a lot of things um, I related to, but not so much that I want to go into because um, acceptance is one thing that I become alive with. I, I, I love that. Um, but what I do want to say before that is always comparing myself to others so I could either feel better or less than, or they had more than me, you know, or I had more than them, or they're prettier, they're richer, they're smarter. And it's starting to get a little better. And it's a really, really good feeling because it means that I'm working a better program and I feel God more in my heart. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, not sponsoring right now because I need to redo my steps. Um, but what I would have my sponsors do is every day read 417 through 420 in the big book because acceptance is the answer to all our problems today. God gets to be, or whomever you call, but my God gets to be the director. I'm fired. And um, if something doesn't go my way, it wasn't meant to be. Grow up get mature. Every day is my daily plan, my design of living. Good God is telling me, let's grow up. Let's do this. And it's like, if I keep checking in with him, I get to learn to be a happier, healthier person and to have so much more purpose in my life and to be so much less selfish. It's the best feeling. And the part that says, besides that there are no coincidences, which I love, is that if I complain about me or you, I am criticizing God's handiwork. I am saying that my creator of the universe is making mistakes and he makes no mistakes. So I need to be loving, kind, and gentle to myself and accept other people for their shortcomings because everyone has a plate with stuff on it. And where I'm blessed, where we're all blessed, is we have this beautiful program where we can learn to change, where other people are going to be stuck in their crap. And that's also why I need and desire to have the patience and tolerance because I don't have a whole bunch of times. And, um, you know, when you live in the solution, the problem goes away and I get to have freedom. And that's a beautiful feeling. And that God is helping me change my perception that I am thinking something negative because I pray to him for that and to keep me out to expectations. 
because when I'm in crap, I can't, God is not able to get into my heart or my soul. Oops, I did it the wrong way. Heather, my heart. And, um, and I need that. I need that to be filled. And, um, and then I just get to take that new perception in the garden to grow and then to give it all away so other people also can heal. Thank you so much. Thank you, Leslie and Lindsay P. You're up. Oh, okay. Hello, everyone. Lindsay from New York Compulsive Eater. Um, I loved the share tonight. Thank you so much for expressing how important acceptance is. And for me, I'm really good at accepting the good. Like I'm totally up for that. I'll accept anything that comes my way that makes my life easier or better. When my daughter's in a good mood, when everything goes well, when there's no traffic, I'm all for accepting that. And then when things go awry, um, I have a much harder time, believe it or not, because I'm human. But I just want to remember to put on those glasses of acceptance so life does become more clear and I can embrace the storm. And part of embracing that storm means embracing the things I've done that people are still not over just because I'm in recovery or just because I'm working the steps and now I'm all zenned out and ready to repair doesn't mean that other people are ready to accept. And that requires me to accept. So um, not only do I need to accept my past mistakes and the and what still continues from those mistakes, but just also the negatives that come along with life and um, and when other people are gossiping in front of me or when other people are annoyed, when other people are cutting me off, anything, it's about acceptance. And so I loved that that was shared tonight and I appreciate it. I'm going to be thinking of it. So I'll pass. Thanks, Lindsay. Jim H., you're up next. Hey, everyone. I'm Jim and I'm a compulsive eater. Thank you, uh, Judith, for your share. Um, yeah, acceptance really speaking deeply to me, um, very liberating. I'm kind of playing around with that idea, the line you read about our serenity being inversely um, connected to our expectations. Um, and I don't know, I guess like, I feel like there's areas of my life where I have some self-pity and maybe like low expectations, like, oh, this is always going to be crappy. And then it kind of stays crappy. And I know there's other places where like, even earlier today, I had, I made a to-do list and it was like six things in 40 minutes. And when I didn't get to them all, all of a sudden I'm like really upset. Like that, I think was a good example of where low expectations could have helped me. I'm curious just if you had any experience or is there like a balance with expectations or, or, I mean, I think for me as an addict, it's maybe just because of my impatience and stuff, it is better to like lower, lower the bar. But I was curious what you thought of that. Cause yeah, I'll stop there. Thanks for the question, Jim. Uh, cognitively, I've heard um, resent uh, expectation 
are premeditated resentments. So I'm already thinking ahead of myself. The only place I can be in my life is here right now. The beauty of the past is that I can look at it gently and lovingly and learn from it. There really, for me, is no such thing as the future because it's always elusive. I'm always trying to catch it, but I'm never going to catch it. It's like that little uh, thing you blow, the dandelion thing. You can't, you can't, or even water, you can't really grip it. But with that said, that's cognitive. You know, uh, expectation is premeditated resentment. Okay, what does that mean? Whenever I think or feel without God's intervention about anything, particularly in relationships. I had a lot of expectations for my uh, children to be different than who they are. And so I never really got to enjoy who they were, just as I felt like I didn't know. And as others have been sharing, I'm getting to know myself. So if I have an expectation, I'm going to leave the house and get in my car. It's going to work. It's going to get me to where I'm going to go. I'll do what I have to do, and then I'll come home. What happens if halfway down the driveway, somebody put broke some glass, and I get a flat tire? I'm going to flip out. So I have to be, I have to be ready to just be in the now. And if I can accept everything in God's universe, even atrocities in my life or in the world. I don't like them. I have a right not to like, but I do myself the worst disservice by having expectations because what my expectations do, just like what my anger does, just like my, I used to eat like a garbage cleaner, is it keeps me away from my higher power. It doesn't really do anything to anybody else. Maybe momentarily people are ticked or they don't like, but it blocks me from my higher power. And for me, that's God. And that's the most precious thing to keep my spiritual eyeglasses on and say expectations by, I'm ready to live life on life's terms. You know, you made a to-do list. Okay, that's I do that. And I get to what I get to. Time. If I don't get to what's next, then I do it tomorrow. Or it's not that important. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Judith. Um, okay, so I think we will now stop the recording. For unrecorded questions or share with the Zoom host, please stop the recording.